0: to the second episode of the NOMO podcast, where we talk about Malmö, events in Malmö, and people that are making those events happen. Uh, my name is uh, Jakob Tomsgård, and today's guest on the show is Paul Krauss, that is involved in Hypnos Theatre. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Very welcome. Um, so, yeah, let's... Um, Let's get the ball rolling. Um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, because I know you're not originally from Malmo. Like, how did you end up here?
1: Um, well, I've been traveling over to Europe since I was a fourteen. The first time I came here, after I graduated with my first undergraduate degree, um, I went traveling, backpacking with my brother and we were all over europe and we ended up in barcelona where i met a swedish girl and um many years later i convinced her to come to many years like three years later i convinced her to move to michigan where i'm from from grand rapids michigan it's a city about the same population as malmo but probably five or six times the uh, square kilometers because of course everyone has houses and cars Um, So she moved over to Michigan and studied painting while I studied writing. And after those four years there, we moved together here and I uh, took a master's um, at Lund University and have been here ever since 2010.
0: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you like it here then, having been here for so long now.
1: Yeah, I I visited Malmo first time, I think it was 2005. Uh, She had some friends who were living here, so she was also going to stay and live here for a little while. And so I came to live here for three months and uh, studied a little Swedish, Um, got to know some people, uh, saw some small elements of culture that I appreciated and everything felt um, somehow similar to home in the sense that it's about the same size of a city. Um, but it felt it was it's definitely more international. And in that sense, you, I could feel myself losing my, uh, my internationalism. I could settle here amongst a lot of international people and not really stand out. Uh, so I felt right away that uh, this is a place that I could move back to. Yeah, all right. So uh, as I mentioned
0: in the introduction, you are... Um... Uh, well, co-founder, I guess, of uh, Hypnos Theatre. Could you tell us a little bit about what that is and how that came to be?
1: Uh, Hypnos Theatre is the venue uh, located at Nordegring, Gisberg, 15 in English. Um, it started when... Um, a little background is that I, I, after my master's degree, I considered going on for a Ph.D. Uh, and one of the Ph.D. Uh, positions that I applied for was in Paris at the Sorbonne, and I was invited there for an interview. And after the interview was, went badly, um, I was drinking wine by the Seine, and then we went to a movie, uh, my partner and I at the time. And... Uh, after the movie, we realized that there was no small cinemas. I mean, we think we went to um, Lost Highway uh, at a small cinema, and there was just no sort of repertoire cinemas in Malmo. Um, So we thought we would try to do something like that. And I felt that uh, working on a cinema project rather than studying or uh, researching in a library was probably something that I would enjoy long-term more. Uh, there are some overlaps between, uh, in terms of theory and how you apply and how you understand and speak about film um, and how you speak about literature. So I felt capable of of moving into the, the cinema world um, and talking about it with some sort of, I don't know, intelligence. Um, so our original idea was to open up a bookstore, cafe and small cinema, and we looked for locations and... That didn't really pan out. Uh, meanwhile, she was a SFE teacher, and I was working on a golf course. And these were things that uh, were not our career choices, uh, or like. So we both decided, after a few years of this, that we would just quit uh, and be unemployed for a year, and in during that year, just do things that we really wanted to do. I spent six months writing a novel um, on a typewriter that subsequently was um, stolen uh, in a backpack that, oh no! And so I lost uh, yeah, oh, a whole, almost a whole novel that I had written, um, the only copy of it. Um, but during that time, I, after the after writing that, I found this place called Plan B, uh, kind of a fluke, but um, that's also another long story. And I ended up spending a lot of time there, um, sort of researching the possibility of doing a sitcom about a DIY underground music venue. And so Carlo and Victor invited me to come and volunteer there. And so I was there for uh, the final summer um, when they were in the basement. And then I helped them move across the street into the garage. And when we were moving out of the basement, I discovered these uh unused um or used but no longer used uh cinema speakers that have been rescued from some other cinema and so i yeah i took them because yeah. they weren't going to be used and moved them down the street because uh a malmo tjänsteman uh, um found me a location on, at, at uh that was you know, perfect dimensions for a cinema. Uh, so I then I decided to build the cinema around these speakers, which uh, otherwise would have been a prohibitive prohibitive cost. And in the f- two months or so that from the point when we found the speaker or got the speakers, and the location and opened, uh, everything just sort of fell into place. Malmostad loaned us uh, cinema chairs. Uh, another friend of mine who I just met um, in those in that time gave us a great projector and so we opened on the 19th of January with a 13 hour long film festival of local films that had been produced in the last uh, or the previous five years or so and that was everything from horror films to documentaries to experimental films and all sorts, all the genres
0: and this is uh, January 2019
1: correct yeah. um, and at the same time we Uh, My partner and I, Owen, uh, started a a forening called Filmy Malmo. And with that forening, we were able to um, acquire a umbrella license for film rights through an organization called Swedish Film Uh, that allows us to show films to a closed group, uh, people with a common... Something in common, which in this case is uh, their membership in, Feren- in Ferenning in Film and Filmie Malmo, um, and that umbrella license includes um, distributor films from distributors that are mostly uh, American in origin, whether Universal or Disney or Paramount, and then there's a few that are Swedish or Scandinavian, also like SF and Scanbox. Um, so we don't we do not have to pay for individual screening rights every time we want to show a film, but we are. Uh, this license does pro- prohibits us from selling tickets at the door, but it was uh, it was the saving grace for us to launch this this venue and show films without having a lot of overhead or capital because um, we didn't have that. After a year of being unemployed, we were just getting by, and this was uh, a fun hobby that we saw something some potential in, but we knew that would take time to get there. Sure. So, I mean, to clarify, Hypnos Theater is the, the actual venue itself. And the, most of the screenings that are held there are operated by volunteers um, and members of Filmy Malmo. Mm.
0: Do you know if there are other cinemas, theaters with a similar
1: setup in Sweden? There are no uh, venues or cinemas that operate in the same way. There are some cinemas that have film clubs that are also members of Swedish Film, um, but I've been to a number of networking cinema uh, networking events, and I am clearly an outlier uh, there uh, in the way that we are structured.
0: Um, yeah, it's a
1: unique uh, Malmo way to go about it. Maybe. Mm-hmm. In fact, we are. We have. Um, got some some funding from both Stad and Regent Skåne recently this year to uh, find other organizations like ours from around Europe. So we are in the process of contacting others, like, what we consider like-minded or like, similar um, non-profit organizations that operate as a cinema. And so we're hoping to find and learn from each other and build a, a network uh, of these kinds of organizations, but we're rare and maybe The only one in Sweden, as far as I know.
0: Okay, and this uh, international network. uh, What do you think? um, What do you think the outcome could become of that? Like uh, sharing these experiences with each other. Like, um...
1: well, it's it's hard to uh, to to know right away because every country, because film rights, for instance, are. Sold on a country or regional or worldwide basis. Uh, So every country has different policies about uh, how how cinemas are operating in a way. Um, So there are certain limitations on what kind of things we can, or practices we can share with each other or learn from each other. But uh, there are, it's an invaluable uh, asset to have uh, friends and contacts within the industry, Uh, everything from yeah, sharing uh, contacts as far as filmmakers, or sharing equipment, or sharing. I mean, I, I've been assisted along the way by a by a handful of other cinemas uh, from and around Europe and uh, in just different very niche sort of problem solving problems. Um, our our long term goal though is um, based on a an already um, established model uh, that's called Cinesud, and that is uh, a network of cinemas or film societies uh, located in the southern hemisphere around the world. Each, and each film society has a network of local filmmakers whose films are not in distribution, and so, they uh, make a database of films that the other film societies can show. So in our case, uh, up in Scandinavia or in Northern Europe, because one limitation about this network is that it has to be a train ride away because we are uh, opposed to these short flights. Um, So this network that we're building is more of a local, uh, regional, um, across borders but we're hoping that we can share the filmmakers' uh, work that we ha- we know here with filmmakers or with other film societies or venues around Europe, and they can share them with those rights with us, so that we can show filmmakers from Amsterdam who are not uh, in distribution, or filmmakers from Hamburg or filmmakers from Brussels, or so, and, um, and therefore we can like learn, and because there are a lot of great films that are made. Uh, that do not receive distribution or get distribution for a limited time and then basically fall off the face of the earth into hard drives uh, at, at yeah. the director's home. So we we think that there's still value in those films, and I can name a couple of great ones here in town that we have shown or that we have streamed on our website. So I'm looking forward to sharing those with, with other uh, film societies.
0: Yeah, I man, yeah, that sounds great. So you mentioned um, Filme Malma, uh, the uh, association or membership club, if you will. Uh, can you say anything about how many members you have? What is it it's
1: October? We probably have around uh, 700 members on the year with voting rights at our annual meeting. Um, we also have a plan, like an active member plan, Uh, It helps us finance and support these screenings. Um, And so we probably have about 200 people that could show up to the movie tonight. Um, And since the beginning um, in January 2019, we've had over 1,500 different members.
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean, um, so it's pretty popular. Yeah, it seems so. Yeah. Uh, Well, I I mean, I I can understand why because I uh been there myself uh, quite a few times, and um, yeah, it's always a good time it's um uh, you know a lovely venue and uh, you know great great selection of movies um and on that note, um, how does that work with like picking picking what's played at the theater?
1: yeah, that's been something that I'm very happy about um, for the first. Few years, um, I the whole idea was to empower people to be able to pick movies that they want to see and show them on the big screen um, because that's the that's what we're used to at home. We we aren't used to being told what we're going to watch. We're we're used to scrolling and then picking a movie. Uh, so I really wanted to give people um, and not amateur curators an opportunity to do this. Um, and so, for the first, for the first uh, few years, we had a handful of other curators who would come and go. Um, but I believe, if I had to count, that I probably programmed or picked somewhere between eighty-five and ninety percent of the movies uh, for the first, well, through the pandemic. But in the last year and a half or so, uh, we've we've grown a really consistent group of programmers uh, who just uh, We'll pick a movie within the license. Um, they'll be responsible for making the event on on the website and um, then working the projector and hosting at the film screening itself. Um, there's also a whole team of volunteers that come and assist those programmers, but uh, the programmers themselves are have in most cases have no experience uh, prior experience uh, choosing movies programming. Uh, using a projector uh, in a public space. Um, so it's really, really worked out. I think nowadays, in the last year and a half, I I probably have chosen, I don't know, 5% of the movies or something. So I feel that's a really, really huge success. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it. Um,
0: for those people that are like uh, unfamiliar then with hypnosis, um, how do they, how can they get involved or how can they find more information about you know what's playing? Uh,
1: the, the absolute best and most up to date way to see what is happening, what's playing, what kind of an organization we are is to visit the website, filmemalmo.se. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, all of the, uh, the screenings are published on Facebook. Um, but I would say that the website is probably the best Source of information. Um, Yeah. Okay.
0: That's great. Um, And like, what's the what's the cost involved of uh, mm -hmm. becoming a member or seeing a movie?
1: Uh, It's one hundred crowns for two months uh, of an active membership. Uh, As soon as you pay your hundred crowns, uh, you become a voting member, so you can come to the annual meeting, which we hold in April, usually of every year. Um, But Every two months uh you you in order to see the movie, you have to pay one hundred crowns to be an active member, and that means you can come to every single movie those two months um, and you can of course renew after the two months have expired uh, but that means Phily Malmo hosts I think something like four to five movies every week, so you can do the math it's probably something like forty some movies you could see for one hundred crowns
0: yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a huge variety, too, of movies. Mm-hmm. And Sometimes there's uh, different themes, I mm-hmm. believe. Um, what's uh, what's the current theme playing right now?
1: I was personally showing um, some greatest hits from the last year, some more recent movies, um, everything from Tar to Triangle of Sadness, um, a couple of Maya Goth movies uh, called X and Pearl. Uh, but there are, there's, there's probably five or six regular curators who have their own style of film interest. Um, there's also, I guess the most consistent uh, is our Queer Thursdays. And every Thursday uh, there's a couple of people who show movies that are uh, yeah, queer friendly. Right now they are doing an exploration into the history of um queer in film, so I think they're somewhere in, in the nineteen forties right now
0: all right and um uh speaking of um movies uh like do you have yourself uh like a favorite movie or is is there such a thing as a favorite movie?
1: Hmm. i suppose i wouldn't i wouldn't uh Deny people the opportunity to have a favorite movie. I'm not sure that I have a favorite movie. I, I mean, the movie I've probably seen the most in my life was when was because it was on. I had on VHS when I was a child, and we didn't have cable television, so I watched it over and over and over, and that was probably the Princess Bride. Um, I still think it's a great movie, but I have never shown it at the cinema. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to. I would love to someday, but haven't gone around, gotten around to doing that. Um, I think my experience now, my feeling now, is that there are different types of um, film experiences that I, I have noticed, and, and I appreciate them in different ways. Um, I think there are... You know, great entertaining films that uh, that keep you awake, keep you engaged. Uh, There's not much to talk about after the movie's over, but you had an experience during it, and it was. Then there are movies that uh, that lead to a lot of conversation, and and uh, those are great films as well. There are a lot of great films in that, and then there are films that I probably think of as. quality films and these are films that uh, I I usually fall asleep to and but I will either wake up and rewind um, or I will uh, start from the beginning the next day or the next month Um, I think a movie like stalker is a movie like that that I'm not sure that I've ever actually finished it uh, without falling asleep Um, but I've seen the whole thing but in spurts and it's a movie I can just. It's a kind of movie I can just put on, and that belongs to a whole category of what is slow film, uh, which I th- really appreciate. Uh, the the character of these types of films that allow the viewer to be uh, really a part, or, or to live or to exist in a in a room or a space, and to uh, the the camera holds long enough on a particular angle that you get to notice all all details and aspects of it. So you really feel that you are in the room along with the characters or in the, the space with them. Um, those are, I feel, more uh, personally experiential films. Um, with, uh, speaking of Stalker, I was, I was pleased to hear that Ingmar Bergman uh had made a quote something like um somebody asked him if he had seen tarkovsky's stalker and he said oh that was a great film i, I fell asleep and i had the the greatest dreams <laughs> um which is which uh i liked to hear that the Bergman would have that kind of a filmic cinematic experience because when i was it's, it's i find it very challenging to name anything uh, being a s- student of, of literature and of you know, writing, uh, words I, I know are like are very powerful and, and can cast spells and can be so determinate. Um, so it was very challenging to find a name for the cinema that we wanted to start. Um, and so I was looking for a word that. Uh, what what is a word that could sort of. Um, you know, something that happens to me commonly when I watch movies. I was looking for this sort of commonality across my my filmic experience. And I realized that most of the time when I'm watching a movie at home, I will fall asleep. And so I said, oh, there must be a Greek god of sleep. <laughs> and sure enough, it's hypnos. So it's the cinema is not named after the Swedish word of hypnosis. It's named after the Greek god of hypnos.
0: I think that's great. And I only recently learned that. Uh, reading up on hypnose theater uh, before this uh, recording. So uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I would have done that otherwise. But do you think um, like had your novel not gotten stolen when it did? Do you think you would have opened up a bookshop instead, uh, mm. instead of a movie theater? Or has this always been like what you would have ended up doing regardless, do you think?
1: I th- I think it's what I would have preferred doing. Um, I mean, our re- initial plan was to have a cafe, bookstore, and cinema all in one. Um, It's something that I still think could be appealing um, to me. I I always have. uh, I mean, part of building Hypnos was to create a a social experience around film. So we have sofas and a little cafe area within the salon itself, and that was to encourage people to keep their conversations after the movie or before the movie within the room. Um, so I think a cafe and bookstore also fit into that. Uh, I have a tendency in my life to to um, make things harder than they need to be. Uh, I don't think that opening a cinema in two thousand and nineteen was like you know a pretty common thing to do it was it's not a big money maker. Um, uh, I and I saw that I did that in two thousand nine as well. Right when Facebook was really spreading, um, and, and uh, I decided to make a, a paper magazine uh, instead of an online journal, or so, when all of the newspapers were having going in crisis, I decided to go into print. Also, um, it's just something that I I think it's interesting to to create problems for myself and 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 look for solutions so in some way like a bookstore would also be another problem that but i don't know if i have that much time and nor do i know if i've been out of the the book collecting or the book uh reading um scene for for too long now and there are good bookstores in town that i would just rather recommend to people at this point um uh
0: but you know growing up uh besides uh, the princess bride have, have you watched like a lot of movies and um had, you know has that kind of laid the groundwork then for for where we are today
1: absolutely uh there were I, I can't remember how many cinemas were in my hometown um within walking distance was a second run cinema which meant that it was half the price of the other cinemas um and attached to it was an arcade, and so yeah, I would probably rather make an arcade attached to Hypnose than a uh, bookstore. But uh, I mean, that was the that was one of the very few things that I would do socially with my friends. We would either go to a, I mean, we would go to a cafe, we would go to a movie, and that was that was kind of, the, or we would go to the, walk around the mall. Like those were the things you could do inside. And Michigan is has. Has long cold periods, also like Sweden, so you want to be inside a lot there as well. Um, but yeah, I, I we had for a little while t- my hometown two, let um, me say, unique uh, features of the city, and one was that we had more more churches per square mile than anywhere else in the U.S. Okay, and the other one was that we had the uh, Cineplex with the most screens in the U.S. Uh, Texas took both of those uh, from us while I was, you know, as I grew into an adult, uh, but so that we had, I had a, we had cinemas, Cineplexes varying from 10 to 28 screens, uh, as well as smaller ones like the one I mentioned, the second one, had probably five screens. So there was always lots of movies showing and yeah. And I was going to them a lot. Um, spoiled for choice. Mm. Going back to um,
0: uh, hypnose theater, um, I know, I mean, you do, you play movies, obviously, uh, but sometimes you do other events too, all right? Um, do you have some examples of that or even some upcoming events of that nature?
1: Uh, yeah, when I was uh, volunteering at Plan B, we had there's a lot of great music coming in there, but then there were also a lot of performances that um, weren't meant for dancing, and and so we the public would end up standing around, and 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 I just always I felt it right away at that time that it would be so great to have a comfortable seat to sit in, <laughs> uh, and to, to close my eyes because music is uh, not always something to be looked at. Oh. Uh, sometimes it's a spectacle, but many times it is just uh, it's a spectacle for for the ears and for the for the brain. Uh, so i I really, when I opened Hypnos, I also thought that this is gonna be a place where we can listen to to music uh, as a listening room. Um, so we've had a um, quite a few different types of music, uh, everything from like, electronic, uh, and oh, I, I hate to get into genres, but yeah, n- noise and acoustic and all sorts of different performances on stage. Um, I've had some, you know, some t- really terrific performances. Um, uh, and we have some coming up, uh, I think in, in um, a couple of weeks, we'll have Ars Nova will be bringing in a quartet, string quartet from Austria um, who will be performing in the pitch black darkness of the cinema. Um, Yeah, and we also, I've been talking with other uh, musicians and bands about live soundtracking films. So that will be coming up. Um, That sounds like fun. mm -hmm. Like a silent film or? uh... Uh, silent film or otherwise I mean there's a band called Death and Vanilla that has soundtracked for instance um, Polanski's The Tenant Um, so they just you know they they get a feeling for the movie and then they soundtrack it Uh, we haven't landed on what movie movies they will will choose ultimately but uh, yeah looking forward to that that's not going to happen until January Uh, but there are some other uh, musical performances coming up and I'm always looking for Musicians who want to perform, and there are always musicians contacting me who want to perform. It's just a matter of putting them on the schedule at the right time. Sure, yeah. Uh,
0: well, fun, and I guess if you uh, have an idea or uh, want uh, to like recommend your your own project to to perform, then the website you mentioned earlier would be the best way to.
1: No, that wouldn't be actually. Oh. <laughs> what? Yeah, I have a, I have a little bit of a, a surprise. I, a podcast exclusive. Yeah, podcast exclusive. <laughs> Here we go. Um well, it's it's been about a, a year and a half since I was really involved with hypnosis. I've been having another job, I had a child, I've been populating. Uh, so uh just 1 month ago, I am back in the office, I could say. And in that month, I have bought a new projector. So now we have a, we will have a projector installed that is equivalent to all the other projectors in town. And if anybody has been to Hypnose, they do know that it's, um, it's a smaller projector, that the, uh, this one is going to be a vast improvement. Uh, and just yesterday, I got my EFCOB uh, number, which means that I am now a registered cinema with Film Agron's Control Bureau which means that uh, it changes my relationship with all the distributors here in Sweden um, prior to this. Uh, films, I'll give you a little insider information. Um, if, if you want to, as a, a person or a venue or without that is not registered as a cinema, if you want to show a movie, you're going to pay uh a distributor of that film anywhere from one hundred euros up to I mean the sky is the limit. It can be a thousand Euros or probably more. I, the highest I've been quoted is a thousand ten thousand euros actually, but that was what? kind of a joke. For oh. one screening. Uh and of course to recuperate those kind of the kind of cost uh with a 60 seat cinema is a, is challenging and risky. So uh now, when you as a registered cinema, you will um, the cinema pays a percentage of each ticket sold to the distributor, which is a far less risky uh, proposition., uh, but this will open up a lot of opportunities because, as I mentioned earlier, Filmy Malmo operates within the confines of this Swedish film license. And although it gives us access to uh, thousands of movies, uh, something like ninety-eight percent of them are English-speaking, um, and something like ninety percent of them are from produced in the U.S. Uh, this will open up the uh, opportunity to show films from all over the world and all all sorts of different languages that are distributed through Swedish distributors. Uh, so it's it's an exciting time i will be starting to have more screenings uh, in that sense that right now film malmo has most holds most of the events at hypnos and that's probably as i said four or five times per week now we i will probably have uh, something more like 10 12 movies per week wow. um probably half of those will be ticketed but because we have uh, i have lower overhead at hypnos than um, some other cineplexes, um, I'm able to charge less, so I, I'm really excited to be able to be, yeah, to to bring the cost um, per ticket down. Because um, I, I have another b- benefit of running your own cinema is that you don't have to pay entrance for a for a cinema for a movie and. Movie tickets were becoming prohibitively expensive when I was unemployed for that year. For instance, I I don't think I attended any movies. Um, so now I'm looking, and that was one of the one of the aims of starting Film in Malmo was to sort of reduce the cost of the barrier uh, for entrance, the economic barrier for people to return to the movies and come out to the movies and and see a movie that they don't know if it's, they're going to like, but they don't have to spend a lot of money on it. So now I'm hoping to do that um, with a broader selection of movies that might cater to a lot more different people with more special interests. Yeah, very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: we love accessibility. And, uh, and the fact that you also provide a space for, um, uh, yeah, you know, like discussing the movie before and after the screening mm-hmm. uh, in the cafe section. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, it's,
1: uh, it's great. I'm really excited. I've again, this is. A, I didn't know what I was doing when I started hypnosis. I have no experience in the film industry, so it's a live and learn, and you know, problem solving all the way. And so this is a, it's um, it's a new step, but it, it was my five-year uh, vision for the cinema, and in spite of the pandemic and the setbacks of that, and the yeah, the parental uh new parental thing that i have going on uh i have managed to you know meet that 5 year goal which uh is also you know quite exciting for me personally but it's also i'm a little bit anxious i should say to that uh, to see how it goes because it's not as i said something that you open up to make money. You open up because you you think it's a great time, and this is something a service to people, and it gives them um, something to discuss or worldviews and sharing things, uh, ways that people are seeing the world and all from all different corners of the world. And, and cinema is the best way to sort of deliver that to the masses in one moment in time.
0: No, that all sounds great. And when did you say that the new uh, projector was?
1: I'm supposed to pick it up tom- tomorrow, but uh, yeah, my okay. I'm gonna have to reschedule. But I'll, I'll have it will take some time to actually install because it's still half DIY, half technical experts coming in too. So we have to arrange schedules. But I believe the premiere must be at least the nineteenth of November. So okay, less than a month away. Yeah, very soon. Exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: will there still be screenings uh, during that? Time of
1: yeah yeah, uh, Filmy Malmo has screening scheduled all the way through the end of December already. The schedule is, is quite packed. Uh, starting in the new year, we're going to do a lot more collaboration between Hypnos programming and filmy Malmo programming. so perhaps we will do double features and one of them will be a filmy Malmo and one of them will be a ticketed, but they will in some way talk to each other or they will some way you know, complement each other. So if people want to come out to double features, this is, this is a way that they can do it in the f- next year. Excellent. Mm -hmm.
0: Do you think that there's something... um, Like, you could have started a a movie theater in a lot of places in Mm -hmm. the world, but do you think there's something unique about Malmö that has made it what it is today? Mm -hmm. Like, are there certain, you know, qualities or predisposition that, um, yeah, basically Mm -hmm. has made hypnosis what it is today?
1: Yeah, absolutely it is. Uh, the internationalism of Malmo. Um, we have like Lund's University. We are across the border from Copenhagen. Uh, we are a smaller city where people feel comfortable here. Uh, so I think we get a lot of, uh, but at the same time there are there's a quite a lot of international flair. Um, I mean there are global talents coming and performing here um so i think it becomes an attractive culture for people to move here uh, but one of the barriers uh, that i experienced when i moved here w- in terms of cinema w- would be that all of the films would be uh would have s- swedish subtitles and we have a lot of people moving here from places and they don't know swedish right away so i think hypnosis become a Really valuable uh, landing spot for a lot of international people, whether they're students or whether they've just relocated here. It's an op- it's a place where they can, f- with after they come there once, they feel they comfortable coming there alone. Um, so, which which is feels which feels great to make a place where people feel comfortable coming alone to watch a movie and potentially meeting other people. So, I've I've watched friendships unfold, um, and so I think that. That aspect is, I mean, Philly Malmo always shows with English subtitles, so I should have said that earlier. But that is, uh, that is, uh, that's super attractive for for international people. Um, I think also, Notre Grenge Berry has been uh, a very um, welcoming yet challenging location uh, at first. Uh, It's, it's a place, it's a place where, although it's pretty central in the city, it's just far enough away from the residential areas, that it feels like it has to be a destination spot, Uh, you go out there um, for something, you don't just happen to be passing by unless you have maybe a studio in the area. Um, So we had to, we wanted to create a destination place, which is something that um, has helped me think about how to design it uh, has helped me think about how to like uh, the price point of the you know keeping it less expensive to encourage people to come out there and to get this membership thing where they will come repeatedly and then there is i was reading about one of the first cinemas in los angeles and it was at uh located this is this is a cinema that holds like this is a hundred years ago and it held like I don't want to underestimate or over, but 5,000 people. I mean, it it, it was, yeah, it's unimaginable to to think about how many people would gather to watch a movie um, back in the day. And I I was, and there's very few cinemas that I've been in um, of any large size, like, you know, I think the Castro in San Francisco is something like a thousand or 900 seats, But uh, that theater in Los Angeles was located uh, at a corner where you had Spanish-speaking people, English-speaking people, and um, uh, Asian, like Chinese-speaking people. And it it was a place where the cinema, because it was a visual medium, because it wasn't talkies yet, it was a place where everybody could come and see something visually together, even though they come from different cultures. I can't remember the name of the cinema, but it was um, yeah, an important landmark in cinema history. And so lo- being located also on Nörgänges Beresgatan is, I feel, a similar situation where we have uh, lots of different cultures coming and meeting at that, on that street. Um, so I'm hoping that uh, as we go forward... We um, can start to attract far more diversity than just the those people who are looking for English-speaking films or English subtitles, yeah. um, because I think the location is is very very valuable in that way of of bringing people together in the same way that it was in L.A. a hundred years ago.
0: Almost like an uh, homage to mm-hmm. that theater.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and I, am, I when I was researching names, I thought maybe I would name it after that one because of that location and the quality of it. But yeah, I I love the location. I love the possibility, and the possibilities wouldn't be there without uh, without one figure who who brought me, who introduced me to the space, and who has uh, supported me in a number of ways ever since. And uh, Nicholas Johansson, thank you. Well, I will, I appreciate I appreciate him, and he's a he's a force on the street. He's the one that. Uh, started the the street festival every September, is hosted every September. Um, And that was, he gave me the first chance then in the street festival in 2018. He said, oh, I heard you're interested in a cinema. Well, how would you like to run a little pop-up cinema in one of our garages here? And I said, sure, why not? I had those speakers and I just put them in a garage that happened to be directly across the street from where the Hypnos is now. Um, and I showed some some eight uh, millimeter films that I had collected, as well as some locally produced films by film collectives and and um, by Raw Film and by Henrik Miller. Uh, so that turned out to be a great a great success, and it sort of jump started me, and I moved in permanently across the street from there. Uh, just a couple of months later.
0: That's a great story. Mm. Are there any other things you want to? mention that yeah it doesn't have to do with um film in or hypnosis or even even malma for that matter hmm. um
1: well an another thing that we are trying to make happen is the the building that the cinema is in uh we call it blah the blue house because it's this only blue house on the street uh, stands out in that way. Well, uh, our neighbors upstairs are a bunch of different crafts people, textile crafts people, and then a gallery. Um, And then on the bottom floor, uh, in sort of a horseshoe shape around uh, hypnosis venue is a bunch of empty empty rooms now. Um, So I'm in the process of trying to Take over the contract for those spaces uh, and fill them also with other um, handwork, handwerkere uh, or um, cultural producers. Or and so I have been having a lot of meetings and, and viewings of these spaces. So I'm really hoping that we uh, collectively can create some some sort of a culture house at this blue blue house location. Uh, I think it would be you know exciting for the for us who are already there and it could be a really exciting meeting place for a lot of new or a lot of people who want to move into the area um and be a part of something or just have a have a nice space to to do some work in so i hope that turns out but uh, it's in the early phases but yeah. if you are if you're listening to this and you're interested in checking out uh, potentially a, a music recording studio or, I mean, we're not talking about Replocaller, but we're talking about like music studios or a space where you want to do um, leather work. I got a I shout out to my leather worker. Uh, or <laughs> like uh, you want to have, um, yeah. There's a group of writers that want to be, uh, have a little scene there. Um, we have had a lot of meetings with a lot of people and uh, we'll see what comes of it. But uh, reach out to me at uh, Paul at hypnosmalmo.com if you have uh, if you want to play music at Hypnos uh, I've been told that we have the best or one of the very best sound systems for performances in the city so don't miss here miss that chance um, or if you want to take a look at some of these uh, or uh, these um, spaces to rent um, to be a part of uh, hopefully a new culture house uh, reach out to me paul at hypnosmalmo.com
0: very cool, very cool. Yeah, we're um, uh, looking forward to uh, hearing about updates on um, on what happens there. If you want to read on what's happening in Malmö and at Hypnos Theater, you can find out also more information about that on nomo.substack.com. And you can even sign up for our newsletter there where you get a weekly uh, weekly email to your inbox with... Uh, events that are happening in Malma for that upcoming week. So uh, with that said, um, thanks you so much, Paul, for being on the show.
1: Thank you for having me I, It was a pleasure and uh, I wish you the best with this. Uh, keep it going.
0: yeah, well, thanks you too. Uh, <laughs> I'll see you at the movies.